It's the difference between singing about God mm-hmm. and singing to God. Yes. The question could be said, well, why are you being so nitpicky about it? I think it matters. Yeah. I do too, because I think it, it makes a like an implication about where we believe God is right now. Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. And I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast, where we have honest and uncut conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Um, yeah. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to be talking about a question we got sent into our text line. Did you know we have a text line? We do have a text line. What's our text line, Cameron? 716-201-0507. Yes. You can send in your questions, comments, and topic ideas there. We do read them. Um, So we got this question that came in. It said, hi, Cameron and Luke. Uh, would love to hear you discuss different worship styles, what scripture says about worship, and how that has changed in church history. As you mentioned, we talked about psalmody, hymnody, and contemporary worship mm-hmm. styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's coming from the the um, episode that we did uh, two weeks ago or so, two, three weeks ago now, mm-hmm. um, about like how to distinguish or how to choose your church. Yeah. And one of the ways that we said, like, in maybe not so much even right now, but like, well, there was definitely this season where people were talking about worship wars, worship wars, yeah, um, like traditional, whatever traditional means, right, or contemporary, whatever contemporary means, because I think in fifty years, our now contemporary service is going to be called the traditional service. Yeah, you know, it's right. like yeah. it's or kind now. of a moving target, but. What's that new contemporary service going to look like? Is it going to have like um, it's going to be all EDM and all VR? Somebody, somebody <laughs> all on VR. <laughs> oh, <laughs> triggered. Cameron's going to start twitching here in a second. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. So it's a good question, and certainly uh, worship style has changed throughout the course of the history of the church yeah um and so how do we want to approach it well i mean i guess like maybe we start with this question is there a biblical prescription for worship yes okay yes and what is it That our worship should be pointed at, targeted at, aimed at God himself. I agree. Okay. So I I said that because I think your implication of the question was, is there a biblical style? Right. Right. Yes. But you answered, well, and here's the other thing too. I I think we, I do think we should make a, a distinction here because the question is asking and, and I'm not I'm not trying to be mean or I'm not trying to be super nitpicky, but I do think this is like an important distinction to make. Does worship only mean song and singing? Correct. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a there's a broader question there, and I I know what. Right. The, we're we're the, not dumb. We're yeah, not trying to be we pedantic. Know, we, we know what is being asked in the question, but I think it is an important it is an important distinction to understand. When we come to church on a Sunday morning, we don't have the worship part that happens at the beginning and the end. Right. And then we have the sermon part, and right. then we have the communion part and the giving part, and then we and then we leave 
mm-hmm. as in they're all separate parts of Sunday morning service. Like all of those parts mm-hmm. are acts of worship. Right. Um, and so when we say a, a worship service, we mean the whole of the thing. Right. Not an individual part that right. has primarily to do with music. Yes. And I don't think that the questioner, the person who asked that question, I don't, my assumption is that they, they're, you know, not that they think that there's only like musical worship is the only kind of worship. I'm yeah. not right. putting that on there, but it is worth just noting that even in our vocabulary, right, the way we talk about things, because Romans chapter 12, I think it was verse 2 says, you know, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. This is your spiritual act of worship, which is holy and pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. So there's this holisticness to worship that um, sometimes is lost in the modern conversation because we tend to use worship to describe musical worship. So sometimes if you listen to me and you hear me talk, sometimes I will use the term musical worship in referring to Sunday morning mm-hmm. band worship, singing along congregational singing, because I do want to make that distinction. I want to like say that we can use the word worship to describe other things as well. Yep. Worship doesn't, like you said, start and stop with the first and last song. Yep. So, yeah. So we understand the question. Yes. And I think maybe that whole caveat was more about like, don't put in the comments, but worship is more than just singing. Like we know. Yeah, we know. And and we also, but we also think that that's like largely when the, what the Bible does tell us about style of worship or like how to worship, it's not talking necessarily about musical worship. It's Mm -hmm. giving us theological principles for the holisticness of worship. Yeah. So my answer to the question then is, is there a biblical prescription or description of worship? Mm -hmm. My answer still remains the same. Yes, there is, but it's not about style. Yeah. But Cameron, what about the passage where Paul says, uh, encourage one another with psalms, uh, hymns, hymns, and, and spiritual, spiritual songs. songs. What does he say? What's it? He says hymns, Cameron. Right, right. Paul says it. Yeah. And okay, so what is like, I, I will ask you, I will I will ask you, uh, the imaginary interlocutor, yes. okay, Paul, tell me the difference between a hymn and a song. Well, a hymn has a particular has an organ uh, <laughs> and it has a particular verse structure uh, and it and it and, ob- and it doesn't it's not in a minor key better not be in a minor key um, and so forth and so on so what you're saying is that there's like no one really no there's not a difference well I had somebody yeah. ask that question of me once upon a time and I pointed out to him I said what's like the most popular hymn in the entire world amazing, amazing grace. grace. I'm like, okay, was that song written when Paul wrote that? No. Okay. Was that style of music around when Paul wrote that? Yeah. No. Yeah. What? Where did the tune that belongs to Amazing Grace, not the words, the tune, what's the history of that tune? Do you know where that tune comes from? Bar song. It was a bar song. Uh-huh. It was a tune yeah. that we use widely, and it was put upon any number of lyrics and it was attached to the salt to the lyrics of amazing grace and that's where it's most well known now 
Is that what Paul's referencing? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I don't think so. He didn't have organs. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have like the structure yeah. of hymnody that we now mm. traditionally have, you right. know. So does so it's what is that called? Um anachronistic mm-hmm. to say that that passage means oh well there's like we can sing psalms out of the Bible, we can sing hymns out of the hymnal and every once in a while we can sing like a spiritual or something like right. that. So I think like the, to you know to answer the question fully would be to say like okay um worship any act of worship should be intentionally focused on the object of worship not on the person ascribing the worship yeah so so when we worship here mm-hmm. we worship god the focus is god on his holiness on his right. goodness on his glory on his faithfulness on the on him as a person his the qualities of who he is, his character, mm-hmm. and all, all of that. Instead of what the opposite of worship focused on God would be worship focused on self, self, us, right? You know, like I feel this, I am this. Um, you know, th- th- this that's probably the most significant and I think reasonable critique of. A lot of contemporary worship, worship yeah. music right. is that it is it leans towards a focus on self. Self. We sing a lot about us in relation to God yes. rather than singing about God or yes. singing to God mm-hmm. about who he is. Right. And so it ends up becoming more of like a prayer, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Like it takes the structure. Our singing takes the structure of a prayer mm-hmm. that asks God to act on our behalf, yep. right? Rather than approaching God in His presence mm-hmm. and then ascribing with our singing His holiness, goodness, faithfulness, yes. kindness, yeah, you know, yeah, justice, whatever quality. Right. And I think that there's like, um, I think that there's room. For like, we do need those songs that are kind of like um, uh, talking to our souls a little bit. I agree. Like, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? Um, Or like, you know, like that do have a little bit of self-reflection. I think there's room for those to be precisionally applied to helping us talk to our hearts, align ourselves and look towards Christ. But if that's all we ever do, Mm -hmm. I was at, I was at a church at a, big conference. I was at a big church conference. Um, somebody got up, uh, I'm not going to name drop or anything like that, but somebody got up, gave a fantastic message. And his message was essentially this. We need to stop focusing on technique of church and we need to focus on God. Yeah. Let's do that. Yep. They then, he got off. Everybody was very happy of all the things that he said. We then sang, um, I think, How He Loves Us, and then we sang, um, what's, what's the other one? Um, Reckless Love, um, mm-hmm. and then we sang, uh, I don't know, something else. But essentially, we sang like three songs in a row Did you that were all about us, mm-hmm. were all about like, which, like I just said, have their place, Yeah. but if it's all about us... Yeah, and what it, 
this is an interesting thing because like gospel, gospel music, the genre, mm-hmm. the genre of gospel music has kind of become, it's kind of merged into, um, it, it's always had a place in contemporary music, but the themes and the styles have been kind of merging into contemporary music more and more. And one of the things that differentiates gospel music or is a big theme of that genre of Christian music is it a lot of times talks about the implications of the gospel. Like, my God has delivered me. My God has saved me. Like, so that kind of language is bleeding more and more as that genre has become, uh, its influence has spread, Mm -hmm. which I'm not angry about, but we need to be wise about the, like, that balance. Yeah. Right. I I think one of the ways that I've heard it described, or I described, I don't know, is like, it's the difference between singing about God mm-hmm. and singing to God. Yes. Singing about God is kind of a contemporary style. Mm-hmm. We're singing about the things that he does, especially yeah. in relationship to us. But but singing to God is different. And, and for me, I think the question could be said, well, why are you being so nitpicky about it? I think it matters. Yeah. I do too, because I think it presumes – or it makes a it makes a like an implication about where we believe God is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like is God in the midst of our presence as we are in a gathered community? Is he is God here in this moment? Yes. Well, wouldn't it be weird to sing just about God if he was in the room? Right. Like, wouldn't wouldn't it be more like wouldn't you sing to God? Yeah. It's like um, me starting to tell a story. Hey guys, you know Cameron the other day. Cameron was out doing this thing. Yeah. And he's right here. <laughs> the second thing I would say is like, okay. Um I've caught flack for this before. Oh like, boy, here we go. Um the uncut podcast. Yeah. It's not really too controversial, but I don't think maybe it is. That we don't like there's not a whole lot of autonomy in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like People are like, well, what do you mean? Well, there's no freedom in heaven, like like our autonomy in heaven. Well, I don't mean like that it's drudgery and like burdensome. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is like um that when in in heaven, even right now, in this very moment that we're recording this, mm-hmm. and for all of eternity, there have been heavenly or spiritual beings surrounding the throne of God singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, right? Um, you read about this in the book of Isaiah. You read about it in the book of Daniel. You read about it in the, in the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. right? That at the, In the throne room of heaven is a continuous chorus of worship, singing to God mm-hmm. about his holiness, like ascribing to him his holiness. And if we're praying prayers like Jesus taught us to pray, like your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, like there, there's a whole lot of things that I think that we need to include in our understanding of what it means to singing about God versus singing to God like he is in the room. Mm-hmm. I think it presumes how we feel like or what church is. Like is this a moment where we are – fully focused on God because he's here right, right. now. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to talk about him. We need to talk to him. To him. Right. Right. Um, so I think contemporary Christian music doesn't do a, as good a job of that. Mm-hmm. 
as other um as other styles I was curious, just styles of singing or musical worship has mm-hmm. done in the past yeah um and so when you talk about when the the questioner asks about psalmody um and uh hymnody which mm-hmm. is like using the psalms as worship using yep. hymns as worship um do they necessarily or what is the difference then between is like using the psalms better than using the hymns is better than using the contemporary or whatever right. and i would say I don't think universally, no. I don't think it's like cut and dried that the sol- a psalmody is 100% better than contemporary worship all the time, no no matter what. Right. Any more than I think that hymns are more theologically accurate than contemporary music because there are some hymns with some pretty like theology in them. Yes. Um, so what I what I'll tell you my perspective. You tell me if you agree or disagree. My perspective is that when you look at kind of the progression of worship throughout the history of the Christian Church, it really just represents the kind of like the cultural context that it finds itself mm-hmm. in, the generation or the era that it's in. Um, yeah. There are some exceptions to that, like there'll be. Um, you know, like some um, still some Protestant dom- denomination or Orthodox denomination or Orthodox, um, and other denominations will be like they will have they they will have been trying to maintain a psalmody even mm-hmm. rather than yes. rather than representing or mirroring the context or the culture that they're in. Yeah. I understand that, and I don't. I don't have any problem with that, but I would say that the change in musical worship has come primarily not as like a, this is better than that, but more of like a, this better represents the cultural heartbeat Mm -hmm. and gives people an opportunity to worship in a language and style that matches the way that their mind thinks even. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's so like, yes, because like if we were to get like, um, what's that song? Um, this happens all the time in Christmas hymns. How many people like my own example from my own life? Um, what's that Christmas Christmas hymn Christmas song Carol? Uh, round yon, round young, round young young virgin, right? Do you know what I thought that was saying for the longest time? Mm-hmm. Yonder round virgin. I thought they were referencing how pregnant Mary was, mm-hmm. not that they were gathered around Mary. I thought they were talking about how just like big her belly was, that she was round. Um, that was what I thought as a kid. It wasn't until like I was a little bit older. Silent Night. That's what it was. I was Silent singing Night. a song in my head. Like, what song is <laughs> Thank that? Thank you. Thank you. Every, I'm yeah. sure everyone who's listening right yeah. now is yelling uh-huh. into their <laughs> listening device. Silent Night. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But no, I like as a kid, no one explained to me what that whole sentence meant. And so I just was like, round, round. Well, her belly was round because she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's not what that means. It means yeah. that they were gathered around yeah. her as mm-hmm. and the baby and the child. Um, right. And so that happened to me as a kid. It took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to figure out what that actually meant because mm-hmm. I had to relearn that at some point. Um, but that happens to 
Uh, what's what's the other? What's the really old Christmas one that's got all the old language that sometimes is sung? Um, it's the one. Nah, it has all the like Jesus. I'm I'm absolutely not, butchering not with you on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're not. Um, I don't know. Um, long awaited. Jesus or long come thou long expected Jesus come thou long expected Jesus the fact that that title of the song is hard to say (laughs) yeah yeah to set your people free yeah that one Uh that one that's got tons of just archaic language yet so if we were to sing only hymns there would just be a language problem. Yes. Um, you know, and it's it's not very accessible. Some of the tunes are not easy to be sung. Some hymns were written to be um, didactic. Like some, some people wrote hymns as just a teaching tool, um, and they weren't actually created for the setting of worship. Um, you know, so there's, you know, and then... Um, you know, there was a time at which, like, there were uh, church-ordained, um, what do you call them, scales and keys in music. So the church was like, you can use this key and this interval and these musics, but you can't use these. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't use these minor tones, or you can't use what was, like, referred to as the devil inter- interval. So, like... You guys want to know what that one is? I, I, because I've been waiting to say what that one is. It's, Go ahead. Um, so you, if you guys all watch The Simpsons, it's The Simpsons, or if you're like more cultured and you're like West Side Story, it's Maria, Maria. Like that interval right there was yeah. not allowed to be used in church music for centuries. Never, I did not know this. Yeah, I took music history because I thought it would sound cool, and I yeah. got to use it once in my life. Yeah, uh-huh. right now, is <laughs> right this now. Is right it? Now. it paid off. It okay. paid off, mom. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, people have been arguing about the styles, the forms, down to the specific notes you yeah. can use in worship for mm-hmm. a very, very long time, and that might sound really, really silly, but. Don't tell them about Amazing Grace, then. No, don't tell them about Amazing Grace. Um, you know, but like it's been inside of like I don't know if you experienced it much growing up, but I remember people being like, "Oh my gosh, your church has drums, drums. in it." Yeah, the drums are pagan. Drums are pagan. Yeah. Um, and so you know, so there is, and you know, there can be beneficial discussion about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, are we writing music that is also conducive? to towards like a tone like if you were to take i don't know like i don't listen to enough like edgy pop music um but if you take like an edgy pop song and we just tried to be like weird al yankovic it mm-hmm. and we just like take all the lyrics off of it and put christian lyrics on top of it but it's like like yeah would that right you know is that a stylistic thing that sure. we think we should do and sure i probably not but yeah. so there is room for discussion there but I do think largely it's been generations and people like fighting, well, we should stay back here Mm -hmm. and people saying, but we don't know what that means anymore. And it doesn't connect with our hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Expression brings meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Individual expression brings, not individual expression, but cultural expression brings greater levels of meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, and then there's other aspects of like worship 
the question doesn't really ask this, but there's other aspects of worship that are now like, not now, but have filtered into the church where now it's like, is that, should we be including those things in our worship services? Mm-hmm. Um, there, I remember a time period where where screens and projectors were uh, yep. were an issue. Yep. Right, and then <clears throat> certainly you'll see um, you'll see criticism of big auditoriums with no windows, yep. with like light production, fog, and machines, fog machines, and or haze machines, more correctly. Right, but. and then um, all of that. Like, what is that meant to? Right. do what is it meant is it is that okay is yeah. it not okay is and, it and cameron really you're old school you're talking about projectors really the thing is led walls LED now LED walls now right yeah we've looked at them yeah yeah they expensive they um. expensive <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i think that the uh there is uh, i would be i don't know if i would go that far i I would. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I would be comfortable with any like contextual expression of worship that kept God at the center. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I don't know. Yeah, because I there are things that I'm uncomfortable with mm-hmm. in cultural expressions of worship. Like I'm not like a auditorium, no windows light show pastor comes down from a zip line <laughs> yeah. from a balcony like i right you know there is like a high 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 production right um which lacks really a sense of transparency and vulnerability mm-hmm. and puts at i think the center the production value over the presence right yeah i i agree yeah. And like a lot of that really does like it's personal personal discernment, yep. right? Like yeah. it's it's really difficult like we That's a preference. A, for it me. does get down to a preference yes. a little bit or it comes to I don't know. I think that like there's room for conviction even, but it comes to a place of where we have to share our own personal convictions and maybe not worry about the Joneses next door. Uh, like, mm-hmm. um, but the other thing that I will say that's the other end of that coin is there is a story in the Old Testament where um, David wants like water or from a particular fountain or well in Jerusalem or something like that. Do you remember this story, Cameron? Can you help me fill out in the details or do you keep talking? So he wants like this particular like water from, and then his mighty men, they're like out on the battlefield somewhere and his mighty men sneak through enemy lines and borders to go and get this. And then they come and they bring it back to him. Um, He might've been, like wanting to like offer like a sacrifice or something to the Lord, but he was like sep- but he was away from like the altar or something. And he brings it back and the mighty men give it to him. And David says, like, I will not offer and sacrifice a thing that did not cost me anything. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's a important important corrective or idea. Because, like, 
sometimes when we start talking about worship preferences, Mm -hmm. um, what we sometimes want is a worship that lacks lacks anything of us or doesn't ask anything of, of us. It's exactly how we think it should be. It's really easy for us to do. We like it a lot. It's the style we prefer, but it doesn't cost us anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a, a corrective that I sometimes will bring about. So did you find the passage I was talking about? I think so. Maybe. It was the water, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking in Second Samuel 23. It was the well in Bethlehem near the Philistine territory. Um, in the Philistines, at that time David was in a stronghold. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate, carried it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, O Lord, to do this, he said, is not the blood of men who went at risk of their lives. And David would not drink it. So it may be a, it may be a translation issue, yeah. like where David's like, I won't, I'm not going to drink something that costs me nothing. Yeah. Um, but unless there's another, it's, there's unless there's another um, something similar, another story. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go and Google and look. Um, put, so put it in the show notes. I put guess. in the show notes. Yeah. But, um, but anyways, regardless of whether or not that's the story or not, I think the principle makes is is biblical in that like it isn't actually all about what we prefer or what is most correct amiable for us. Yep. Because worship is, at its core, a sacrifice of sorts. Yep. And so I don't think it's always to, like, well, I can't worship because this is not the tune We only do hymns. We only do hymns, or we only, you know, it's only this way, or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like, well, no. Like, if, I mean, granted, like, you know, assuming that we're singing songs that are Godward, that are good, that are faithful, um, like... It's just not the style you want. Like, can you make an effort? Yeah. Right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you're going to like certain styles of songs better than others. Mm-hmm. But worship isn't just preference. It's also an act. It's a choice. That's I, Actually, I think that's a really important thing to note, too, is that worship is not a – musical worship is not simply an emotion. Right. It's it's also a choice. Choice, yeah. You have to choose to surrender yourself. You can't worship your preferences or your opinions and worship this right. th- worship the God of heaven at the same time, right. at least not in totality or mm-hmm. in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Worship happened whether or not you had a ecstatic emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Do you have anything else you want to say about that? I don't think so. Okay. Thanks for the question. Yeah, it was a good question. Yeah, very good question. Um, Keep the questions coming. If you have them, 716-201-0507. If you like this episode or others that you have watched, please share it, social media or with a friend or whoever. Um, Like it, subscribe, and rate it if 
wherever you're listening, that'd be great for us. Um, we would be encouraged by it. As long as you're rating it good. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're rating it bad, we might be discouraged by it, but we're still going to do it. So, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>